Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Final hour of the show, live from the Achin Community Studios. Wolf, we talked a lot yesterday and uh, and earlier this week about how the Cardinals could potentially attack that Seahawks defense, specifically the run defense. What we haven't really gotten into much until today is uh, just how effective that Seahawks offense has been and how, in a very backwards way from what we probably all expected of this game five weeks ago, the Seahawks offense can be a pretty good test for a Cardinals defense that has been playing very well. This was supposed to be the part of this game five, six weeks ago right. where you're like, we don't even we don't have to watch when Seattle's offense and the Cardinals Just defense so weird. is on the field, right? Yeah. Just so weird, Luke. Honestly, um, coming into the season, we all know the Arizona Cardinals offense was going to be the strength of the team. It is not. It has not been that. It's been the defense that has really gotten better. First six quarters of the season, just awful. It was awful, and we all saw it. But from that point forward, the second half of the Raiders game on, man, it's been truly cool to watch this young team, this team come together and get it and play better defensively. Um, coming into this season, we were looking at the Seahawks offense like, oh, you know, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett on the outside. These guys are going to want out of there in a heartbeat, right? Through Lock, Geno Smith, get. I remember sitting here being like, why exactly are they paying DK Metcalf exactly. if they're not going to have anybody yes. to get DK Metcalf the ball? And it turns out, Wolf, they have the highest rated passer in the NFL. Stop and think about that right now. Geno Smith, and as I said earlier, it's not like he's he's got 175 passing attempts. It's not like we're talking about 40 or 55 or even 100. He's got 175 passing attempts, and he's completing over 75% of his passes. 75%. Which is also man. best in the NFL. Which is really, really, yes. One guy has a, has a better completion percentage, but it's Brian Hoyer, and he threw six passes. So that doesn't count. <laughs> he has 37 yards. So you've got an offense right now that is in the top 10 in every major category for the most part. Um, number eight in yards per game. Number two in yards per play. It's pretty good. Really good. Number 12 in rushing yards yards per game, number one in rushing yards per play, 5.55, the Seattle Seahawks running the ball, the Seattle Seahawks, Um, how about this, 11th when it comes to passing yards per game, yeah, that's right, Sully, command and control couldn't just leave you hanging right there, you lost it just makes you feel better when you say it. Um, well, yeah, that's why they wrote a song so about it. They're number three in passing yards per play. It's not like they're dink, 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 dink. You know, the Cardinals, we all know, number 32 in passing yards per play. Okay? Yeah. How many teams are there Gino, 32. Mm. Gino is throwing the ball down the field and completing 
over 75% of his passes. And he has, he's, you know, he's been on the Seahawks for a couple of years. He wasn't playing, but he's not, they didn't get him in the Denver trade. You know, everybody wants to be like, oh, look, Geno's outperforming Russell Wilson. Yeah, but, but he has been there in this system. Pete Carroll, to a certain extent, knew what he had. I'm just trying to make sense of what we're seeing, Wolf, because it's, it's a good story. I would like it more if he wasn't the Seahawks quarterback about to play the Cardinals. But it is, it's a very good story. Cliff Kingsbury talked about that yesterday. This is kind of what sports are all about, seeing how Geno was basically left to, to be done years ago, not like earlier this season, years ago. I love it. So I've cheered for him a long time. Jake Spavital and Dana Hogerson, two close friends, coached him in West Virginia. So I, I used to um, watch him a bunch. And his arm talent is tremendous, as good as anybody in the league. And, you know, he went to a tough situation. I think quarterback of all Positions is situational at times where you get drafted and who they surround you with. Um, it can it can go south in a hurry. But to show that type of mental toughness, the resiliency he's shown, and and the way he's playing, you can see he has something to prove. And you turn the table on. I don't care who you are. If you watch it, just and you didn't know names, you, you'd think he's a top five guy. I mean, he's playing that well. Um, I think you know his OC Shane has been tremendous, um, putting him in positions to be successful. And um, you know, really proud of, of what he's done. Honestly, just knowing him like. I do, and just hope he has a really bad game Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> that all added up to that. Yeah, that is great right there. It really is. Um, again, for how many quarterbacks do we see this? Um, a quarterback that will get his opportunity and not perform well. Most get his opportunity and not perform well, then disappear for about five years. And that basically is what's happened to me with Geno Smith. He's disappeared for four or five years, and now he's getting a second opportunity to be that guy. Rarely do you get that to begin with. You either are or you are not. When you get that opportunity, you're going to be the guy, and then all of a sudden, well, you're not the guy. So now all of a sudden, you go away, and you're going to be a backup, and that's all you're ever going to be. And that's okay, because you can have a great career as a backup. You can. Isn't that right, Ryan Fitzpatrick? You can have a great career as a backup. And then all of a sudden, you get another shot, and you play better than Anybody else is playing in the league. I would argue he's disappeared for even more than five years. If you look at this, he got drafted in 2013. Okay. They sucked in 2013. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't get drafted okay. by the Seahawks in 2013. Okay. <laughs> but he got drafted in 2013, played 16 games. Okay. 2014, played 14 more games. Yeah. Don't let me interrupt. I got to get over it. So he, had, he played 30 games his first two years. He'll be playing his 51st total game on Sunday. He's played less games at quarterback in the NFL than Kyler Murray. Okay, so how many, I, was I right, what, four seasons you're saying? Five? What, which? He, he played 30 games before 2014, yes. and then it was one in 2015, two yeah. in 2016, two in 2017. Got into pieces of five. He threw four passes in 2018 with the Chargers, apparently. Yes. I don't even remember Geno Smith on the Chargers. And I usually remember this this useless stuff. Uh, Seahawks, he got into one game in 2020. He hadn't played... He hadn't really played since 2014. Wow. Wow. He, played a, he did play a little bit last year. Okay. Um, he... 
he completed 65 passes last year, but prior to that, it was like five attempts, four attempts, 14 attempts. Like, he was basically out of the league. Even wow. though he was in the league. Okay, so on my five, it wasn't. It was even more than that. But think about it. Who gets another chance and then plays better than everyone else in the league <laughs> at the quarterback position? It's uh, you don't see it. You don't. And yet, this is what's happening. It is beyond a great story. Just hope he plays poorly on Sunday. Because as good of a story as it is and as impressive as he has been and the work he had to put in behind the scenes for years and years, if the Cardinals lose on Sunday, the commentary from Cardinals fans, and I get it, is not going to be, wow, Good for Geno. It's going to be, uh, how much do we just pay our quarterback who we took number one overall and he oh, can't yeah. beat Geno Smith? Yeah, that's that's what the narrative is going to be. All right, coming up next, we're going to help you set your fantasy football lineups. And uh, Wolf, I actually got a couple players you could pick up at the most important position in fantasy football, too. I can't wait. <laughs> it's next with the Fantasy Reality Check. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Fantasy is reality in the world today. Wolf and Luke present Fantasy Reality Check, where fantasy football gets a reality check from 10-year NFL fullback, four-time pro bowler, Ron Wolfley. All right, Wolf, time for the Fantasy Reality Check heading into week six of the NFL season. I'm I'm really just saying this for you because everybody that's driving around that plays fantasy football knows this, but running back, always the toughest position to uh, to navigate, right? Because it's the most consistent performers when they're in your lineup, but then they all get hurt, and then by this point in the season, some teams are just decimated by injuries, and you're screwed. So let's see. In the real game of football, the running back has been greatly diminished. Yes. But in, rea- in fantasy... It has been glorified. Yes. Okay. Now, I would say it's gone down a little bit because they started doing uh, point-per-reception leagues. Like, I don't know. I don't know the history okay. of fantasy football. It's okay. To kind of lift up the receivers and the tight ends. But running backs, for the most part, still do well in fantasy football. Typically, your first overall, your first round picks are running backs. Yes. Most of your first two rounds are running backs. Interesting. Yes, because that's not how it works in the NFL. They're typically sixth-round picks. This is where the reality check is coming in. Uh, so, I got two names for you you can pick up. And Wolf, I know you want to go pick them up in your leagues right now, but try and listen to the end of the segment. Yeah, okay? I have no leagues. Mm, oh, yeah. Brian Robinson, as I was really stretching for anything fantasy relevant to talk about in this game tonight between the Commanders and the Bears, this is actually something. Brian Robinson, they just actually, I think during our show today, officially named him the starter <laughs> in Washington. So he is now the starting running back over Antonio Gibson. Yeah, you know, honestly, this is going to be cool, man. I, I think this is going to be a game we're going to see some young guys knock the living dog out of some other young guys in particular. I I think this is going to be a game that is going to be won or lost on the line of scrimmage. And that to me will make me watch this game. I really don't. Hey, listen, I I don't care. This might be a 16 to 13 game. If that. Generous. (laughs) If that. And yet to me, I can see beauty in this game. Can you see Beauty in the Bears uniforms? Have you seen these yet? No, I haven't. They're right here. They're all orange. Well, now it's in the video there. You can kind of see flashes of it. It kind of looks like the Bengals, what? actually. Yeah, it's in, in the No way. Beauty in the Bears. Um, yeah, if, I, if I'm a Bears fan right now, yeah, 
There's no way I'm digging that. Yeah, I'm trying to freeze it for you. There you go. Look at that. That's a lot of orange right there. Oh, my goodness. Stop <laughs> it. That's so. not Ditka. No, no, it is That's not. That's not just. It's not. It is the Bears, but not the Bears that uh, that we all know. Brian Robinson, though, just remember that uh, third-round pick out of Alabama. He's the guy that got shot before this. I mean, you talk about a guy that's comeback player of the year. If it wasn't for Geno Smith and Saquon Barkley, he was back on the field last week. That's crazy. That was only week five. And uh, and now he will be the starter for the Washington Commanders. Now, Wolf, I'm going to throw Look, this Saquon out there. Saquon Barkley's not going to win that, by the way. I'm just telling you, it's Geno Smith well, right what now. What if Geno trails runner. off? What yeah. if? Yeah, but yeah, um, what if Saquon Barkley does? I never thought of it that way. Well, I'm just saying, you know, I mean, right now, the quarterback position and just metaphorically resurrection for Geno Smith. So Geno trails off, Saquon trails off, and they give it to DeAndre Hopkins for comeback for, uh, for coming back from the suspension. <laughs> yeah, I doubt that. No, unlikely. But here's the other name, Wolf, that we have talked about on this show today that, and in full disclosure, while you were talking before, I did pick him up in my league, is Keontae Ingram. Because Eno's gone in every league, which is great to see. Okay. And I'm not starting Keontae Ingram this week, but we don't know how long James Conner's going to be out. And what if if the scenario that you and I were talking about earlier is what plays out and Keontae's more of the traditional running back role and and, and Eno just kind of does, it's the Eno and Geno game this weekend. I didn't even think of that. No, you know, that's pretty good. Keontae Ingram, though, could be a guy. (laughs) (laughs) He could be a guy. (laughs) I love how you shot no, no, you know what it was? Look, your eyes flashed. Hey, Eno and Gino. Yeah. It was it was priceless, man. Um, anyway, pick up Keontae Ingram, or I just did. Don't use him, but just maybe check out what his role is. Because if you're in a competitive, like, deeper league like I am here at the station, there are no running backs out there. Yeah, you know what? I'm interested in seeing Keontae Ingram and where he plays and when he plays. What reps will they give him? Do they want to keep Eno Benjamin as the changeup back? Do they want to do that? Um, there's real good reasons why you might want to do that. Um, and let Keontae Ingram go out and get some carries in rundown situation. I think we're definitely going to see him. I think he's definitely going to play. He's going to get touches in this game. Yeah, they're not going to go with like Corey Clement, right? They're not. They're not going to go with these practice squad guys over Keontae Ingram. You're going to well, go with Ingram, I would think. Yeah, um, I would Corey Clement. Yeah. I could see them definitely dressing Corey okay. Clement. Well, yeah, because that would still only be three no doubt. Yeah, so again, to be clear, I'm not saying go pick up Keontae Ingram and, and start him or cut some really good player, but if you got room on your bench and you need a running back, chances are most backups aren't available in your league, and he might be, if he plays well, it might be a split for however long James Conner's out. Um, Buffalo and Kansas City. Well, Patrick Mahomes, you start him every week, obviously. he There's a good chance he wins MVP, but he's going to be going up against that Buffalo defense this week. Is he immune to any defense at this point in his career? Um... He's seen it all at this point in his career. He knows how to deal with anything. How teams have tried to adjust to the Kansas City Chiefs and how they're going to play. Um, I just haven't seen him enough. We've saw the first game, and that was just an abomination for the Arizona Cardinals defense overall. And it's hard to evaluate the Chiefs offense based on that one game. 
but it's going to be really interesting to see the adjustments from this point forward. A third of the league, think about that. I mean, a third of the year is over. Think about that, Luke. That's, no, this, football, this week, football season goes by so much faster than I know. any other season. It's like a third of the league. A third of the league. We stop it. <laughs> a third of the season is over. And that's when you really start becoming who you're going to be for the most part. And right now the Chiefs offense is still in a state of flux as far as I'm concerned. Still trying to find itself. Will they find itself moving forward? Who knows? Let's throw this out there too. Tom Brady, when we did this uh, two weeks ago, was 28th among quarterbacks in fantasy scoring. He is now 11th, and he's playing Pittsburgh this week. <laughs> so if you were, like, disgusted by Brady, you started in the first three weeks, like, I'm going to start Jared Goff, and now Goff's on bye week, or whatever. Uh, any of these, like, marginal guys who were starting ahead of Brady because he got frustrated, go ahead and start Brady. He has 60 points in the last two weeks he's playing the Steelers. This is the other pro tip I'll give you, Wolf, on fantasy football. Okay, great. A guy like Jared Goff out there on bye week, it's a good time to go out there and pick him up because somebody dropped him because they, they didn't manage their roster right. And he's just sitting out there, and Goff's been decent. Yeah, you know, he, he definitely has. But once again, man, um, you never know. You just don't know. I, a guy like Jared Goff, are you really going to bank on him coming through? Um, in real life, no. Yeah. <laughs> Fantasy football, if he's going to be throwing all game, he can throw a couple picks as long as he throws a couple touchdowns. Too. No way. Yeah, well, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's See, how it this, works. This is why it's fatally flawed. What quarterbacks to throw? Again, Jared Goff? I'm not saying build okay. your team around Jared Goff and Keontae Ingram, but I'm saying if you can stash him on the bench and just see how things play out, that's typically, those are the guys that come back to help you in, like, the actual fantasy football playoffs. So there you go. Look okay, at that. that's awful. <laughs> text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. Did the Suns preseason finale give us any hope for the bench and the depth of this team? We'll explain that next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Well, the Phoenix Suns preseason is over. Technically lost 105-104 last night to Sacramento. Might be the high point of the season for Sacramento. We'll see. Were there people wagering on that, by the way? I'm sure there were. Okay. You can. Yeah. You can. When do you know you might need to make a phone call? Uh, when you're betting on the preseason. Yeah. To me, when you're betting on a game where the teams don't care about the outcome, that's, that's an issue. Because <laughs> then what are you betting on? Yeah. Hmm. And the Suns weren't playing their players. Dwayne Washington, though, 31 points. More on him in just a moment. I was I was slightly under the radar, kind of uh, intrigued when they signed him. I remember when we were out at uh, Cardinals training camp. But uh, let's start with this, Wolf. Eddie Johnson, who was on with us earlier today, talking about maybe Monty Williams was sending this message to DeAndre Ayton. You know, with this situation with Monty and DeAndre... See, for me, DeAndre said, well, we haven't spoken. Well, go speak to him then. <laughs> go, go speak to him then. Mm-hmm. Go, You be the man. Like, it, it comes a point in time where you have to be the man. No more coddling. You're 20, you're, now you, 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 you got your money. I think, what, he's 24 right now. Mm-hmm. You, you're a grown man. 
Matter of fact, let me change it. You're a grown-ass man. So now you become the man, and don't expect him to, to be the one that goes forward with it. You do it. Because maybe that's the message Monty was sending him. It's time for you to mature. It's time for you to take a hold on, on, on how you feel and what you think is wrong or right, and you go forward and handle it. Makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Man, it really does right there, honestly. That is... Um I love to hear this coming from EJ. Uh, this is exactly what I think has happened, and he obviously feels the same way. Now, that doesn't mean that it is. doesn't mean that we're right on that. It just means that I, I love hearing this because I respect his opinion on this greatly, that I, I think this honestly was part of the plan the whole time. Just, DA, it's time for you to grow up. See, metaphorically speaking, I, I think, and literally. I think you and I are pretty close on this. I don't even know that it was planned. I just think Monty Williams was like, you just got paid $133 million. You want to be paid like a big boy. I don't have to treat yeah, you see, differently. But I think it would be planned. And the, the reason why I say that, why would he not pick up the phone and say, hey, well, DA. That's a fair point. DA, yeah. seriously, man, way to go. Yeah, I'm so happy for Th- you. There is a way you could have done this where you called him in, in the middle of the summer. Hey, I know I know your name's been you know speculated in these Kevin Durant stuff. If we were going to match a deal or whatever, I saw that James matched the offer. It took James like eight seconds to match Indiana's offer. Congratulations, man. We'll see you in September. Let's get going. And then in September, it's, but you know, you are getting treated differently this year, not by not from your teammates, yeah. differently than we've been treating you in years past. We don't have to hold your hands. We yeah. don't have to treat you with kid gloves. You are being paid a max deal. It's time to motivate yourself. We got to focus on other stuff, right? Like we don't have to focus on, on giving you extra motivation before a game. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that's probably what Monty Williams is doing, and it sounds like that based on what Eddie Johnson just yeah, said to no, us too. That's definitely what I think he was doing right there, and that's definitive. That's as definitive as we've heard in regard to this. That's what was going on. Now, how about some of these depth guys? Because if you're talking about potential concerns with the Suns this year, yes, the Western Conference getting better around them is, is you know, you got to be aware of that. My concern, Wolf, would be if you're really losing Jay Crowder, you don't have a lot of proven depth. And Dwayne Washington Jr. played last night, 31 points for the Suns. Those are preseason points. But this is a guy that... He left his mark on some games with the Pacers last year. Monty Williams after the game. The scoring is something that we, we knew that he could do well. Um, he, he doesn't have any fear at all. Um, sometimes it helps and sometimes it gets him in trouble. But I thought the ability to make tough shots, attack the paint, um, I thought he made some good pocket passes early that helped us. But the 11 turnovers is something that... You know, on a night like that, when you have 31 points, you know, I'm sure he's going to be kicking himself over some of the turnovers. And I thought, it's not an excuse, but I thought he was just spent. You know, there were a few turnovers where he just had nothing in the tank. When a guy hasn't played a ton and then you, you know, you get him to 38 minutes, that's a lot. And so I, I would give him a little bit of grace with the turnovers. But I like... The fearlessness, I like his willingness to take shots, um, even at the end. You know, he he hasn't been in those situations. So he's probably thinking timeout, and we don't want to call timeout and let them set their defense. So he goes down the floor, and he's willing to take that shot. I love that about him. Um, he doesn't have any fear. 
and like I said, it, it helps them helps them at times, and sometimes it can be the thing that makes me pull hair out of my head if if I had some. <laughs> well, ten, so, ten of nineteen last night. Yeah, right. In Washington, uh, one of five from three. But Wolf, I remember looking at this when when they did go out and get him. He hit threes at about a thirty eight percent clip last year. Mm. Good for just under two three yeah. two made threes a game. And when you look at the Suns roster last year, that puts him, you know, Cam Johnson's obviously a three-point guy, but that put him right just below Devin Booker in terms of three-point shooting percentage. So, and you know, it's kind of bunched up. Mikael Bridges is right there too. But this is a guy that can hit a couple threes for you too if he ends up making, you know, a, a minutes contribution on most nights. Yeah, you know, um, I thought it was interesting right there. He's 22 years old and playing 38 minutes right now. I'm sorry, Imani. <laughs> I'm just he's 22 years old and is he not in shape is that what you're saying he's he's not in shape 11 turnovers 11 and you think maybe it's because he was gassed you know i, I to me if he was 32 now maybe we we you know i kind of, of understand that <laughs> he's 22 years old and he he played 38 minutes and he's gassed and that's why he turned it over i mean uh, maybe Monty's right about that um i'm sure that there were a couple of turnovers that, uh, you know, maybe that's why he did turn it over. He was gas, but man, 11 turnovers. That's just <laughs> scary. Is on the wall. I think the under on eleven turnovers of him ever having that number in a regular season game because when he gets up around five, Monty's going to be like, "If I had hair, I'd be pulling it out. Get out of this game." Instead, right. I'm like pulling you out of the game because I can't pull my hair out. Yeah. The other guy uh, that has made a bit of a name for himself this preseason wolf is Jock Landale, and here's Monty on what he brings to the defense for the Suns. It's something that um, I'm not sure where he. He, he learned that or if it's just him but he's he's made plays like that in practice he's made them in preseason games where he gets his hand on a, on a ball uh, whether he's blocking a shot or getting a deflection um, we, we were excited about his ability to play in the pick and roll because if you can block shots like that or at least distract them it allows for us to be in steal out where we can just trust two guys in the pick and roll and we don't have to help as much. He does a really good job of keeping his big in front of him but also dealing with the ball and then being able to go up and, and distract the shot. That, that's a, a skill that you know we, we lost in JaVale and now we, we feel like we have some semblance of that in, in Jock. So you're hoping he's the JaVale replacement, essentially. I'm, I'm guessing he's not going to be that JaVale personality. Be interesting if he was. But might be a guy that that does contribute a little bit this year, not just based on last night, but yeah. uh, but based on what they like about him. I, I like the fact that he's got a little size to him at two hundred fifty five pounds. I kind of like that six eleven two fifty five. And here's a guy that had three steals, three steals and four blocks. And you know what else I liked? Four personal fouls. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the intensity in- index? Uh, yeah, once again, get in there and mix it up, kid. Well, I he did. It. And we'll see. We'll see what sort of role he carves out for him. I, I, they're going to have to find some depth on this team if they are serious about winning a, a championship. Whether you think they can or not, they think they can. And really, they should be in that conversation. So they're going to need some depth. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, Wolf, you know what we're going to hear from? 
After practice today, Vance Joseph Ooh. spoke. We'll get you some of his thoughts on, on what his defense is doing so right the last four weeks and what they have to do against Geno Smith, Kenneth Walker, and the Seattle Seahawks. That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Uh, wrapping up the show here on a Thursday afternoon. We are getting close to Cardinal Seahawks this weekend. Wolf, we are also getting close to Hard Knocks with the Arizona Cardinals. In fact, I believe we are less than four weeks away from the uh, the series debut. And this is audio from the... This is one of the Hard Knocks teasers. I've seen a couple, actually. But this is J.J. Uh, Watt and Rondale Moore right here. Okay. No. Oh. What's wrong? Got a ball. What happened? Did it hit your hands? Yeah. Oh yeah. Nope. That's that's your job description. That's gonna be tough, you know. Okay. It's fine. Is it Wednesday or is it Sunday? Be pissed about it. Stay after. Catch a few extra balls, and then catch you on Sunday. Yeah. You know how many times I've been knocked on my ass in my career? You get back up and you go out there and you catch the next one. I like the, ooh, yeah, that's in your job description. Yeah. That is your job description. <laughs> yeah, how about that right there? Um, I love what he said about getting knocked on his spot. Love that. What, what is this? This is the hard knocks. Uh, Don't tell me I forgot to tell you it was on last night because it wasn't on last night. I know. <laughs> um, that's great advice, though, honestly. I love that. The way you said it, too. You know how many times I've been knocked on my can? It's the truth. Anyone who walks around, you play the game of football. What I love about it is the game will humble you. It will. It always has, always humbled most people. Especially back when they allowed you to knock the living dog out of somebody. And do it over and over and over and over again, Beast Mode. It's one of the best things in the world. Because the players would police themselves. It's one of the coolest things about playing back in the 80s, 90s, early 2000s. Was the fact that you would police yourself. Oh, you're going to take a liberty? You're going to cheap shot somebody out in the field? Okay, good. Watch this. Oh, yeah, you better believe. If you did something untoward like that on the field, retribution was coming. That just sounds like hockey. You're just getting fired up for hours. There you go. Uh, You know what I liked about that clip is that is J.J. Watt showing leadership, however you want to describe it, with an offensive player. You know, it's not just, oh, yeah, J.J. Watt, he he helps Zach Allen and nobody else. Like, no, no, no. (laughs) That's Rondale Moore. And, you know, it loses something when you can't see the video. But that that is... Looking forward to this. Hopefully the Cardinals are, are hanging around the playoff race when when all this extra scrutiny comes around because um, you're going to get a lot more eyes around the NFL of people that don't typically care about the Cardinals, but they'll care for the rest of the season when Hard Knocks started. I, I, or starts. I 
found myself caring about the Lions the first couple weeks of this season because of Hard Knocks offseason. And then I was like, I'm not. I don't need this sort of emotional drain in my life <laughs> <laughs> trying to care about the Lions. Well, anybody that has listened to me over the years, you know I despise it for the most part. Um, once again, it's great for the organization. It really is. It's great um, exposure for the organization. It's a great opportunity for the organization. I would say it's fantastic for fans. Absolutely a slam dunk for fans to watch it. Why wouldn't you want to watch and see the inside behind the scenes look at your favorite team? Um, I totally understand that. Once again, uh, it's from a personal perspective where I, I know that people act differently in front of cameras and microphones. And now you put microphones and cameras in front of dudes inside the sanctity of a locker room. And guess what happens? You get guys acting differently. As a matter of fact, I would say it's a fulcrum point because he, you're never going to stay the same if there's microphones and cameras around. You rarely will stay the same. What you're going to do is either clam up or to go, hey, I'm on camera. Hey, that's my voice. You know what I mean? I, so <laughs> I, I just be yourself. You're supposed to be real when you walk around that locker room, real when you walk around that training room. It, you know, it just, I don't know, man. It's the sanctity of the locker room. Here's Vance Joseph, since I did tease this. This is Vance talking about the defense, which struggled in week one, but has been averaging less than 20 points allowed since week one. I think the entire group, you know, from from one to six, but I think Murphy is just playing at a high level. I mean, he's, he's played really well all year, even against the Chiefs. Obviously, Isaiah Simmons, after week one, has played really well for us. Um, I think the entire group has, has, has improved from week one. I mean, week one was hard, you know, the, the operation and playing good people, and this wasn't right. It was overwhelming for our guys, and um, it looked that way. But after that first week, you know, guys have come back and worked hard and kind of improved. So it's really an, an entire unit. Wow. Okay, first of all, Byron Murphy. Yeah, Byron he's, Murphy. He's been really good. Yeah. Byron Murphy's been really, really good, but it was the second name. Yeah, <laughs> listeners can't see the look you gave me when he said Isaiah, Isaiah Simmons. Isaiah Simmons. Like, he said after the first game, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, he did make that unbelievable play against the Raiders. There's no doubt about it. He is playing more and more. Not since the first game, but yes. since the second game when he barely played at all. Right. He's been playing more and more. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know what? So it's great to see and hear, at least, that he is getting better. Um, give me more Vance. Like, Van- will Vance, you please? Vance has done an unbelievable bull job. That's a tough word to say. No, it isn't. Uh, Vance has done an unbelievable job so far this um, this season, and at times, honestly, last year, but, I mean, if the defense isn't playing the way it is, let's see. Do you beat Carolina? Mm. Probably because Carolina's not great, but I don't know. The defense had to keep a minute in the first half. Um, if the defense doesn't play well against the Raiders in the second half, there's not even an opportunity for no. Kyler to, 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 to work his magic. I mean, this team could be in a really bad spot if not for Vance Joseph right now. Yeah, no doubt about it. This uh, is going to be a great test coming up on Sunday for them. They asked him what the next step is for his defense. I think the next step for us is making those plays that can turn games. You know, 
know, even even on Sunday, the last drive to have him in third and twelve and not make that play, that that hurt, you know. And the, you know, to uh, let him run the ball after that, you know, we missed two critical tackles and we had a couple of misfits after that. You know, we stopped them, but we stopped them at the cost of burning all three timeouts. You know, so the next step to be a dominant defense is to win that third down and give us the ball back with time and timeouts. That's the next step. And obviously, you know, picking those two balls off, you know, and that's JT. I mean, the first one I thought he caught, but I couldn't tell from the TV copy. Um, obviously, um, he didn't catch it, I guess, in the second one in the red zone. So just making game-changing plays to help our team win, that's the next step, in my opinion. Man, that is it right there, too. It really isn't when you think about it. How many yards per game you give up? How many yards per play? How many plays do you really make that change a game? That's that's the best stat you could possibly have. True. I would argue, or it's not even an argument, I would remind Vance that his defense did score the winning touchdown against the Raiders. I mean, True. I, I I get it if you're Vance Joseph. Okay, what can we do next? And, and he was asked, what's the next step? And I get it. And they could do more. It's not like it's the best defense in the NFL. But honestly, Wolf, is anybody looking at the Cardinals right now and being like, you know, they really need more from their defense. Yeah. We're right. all looking at the offense and being like, yep. uh, mid-October, you ready? <laughs> like, what's going on here? Defense. Wake up. Movies. Yeah. Like, we need one of those alarms to go off. That's the next Hard Knocks preview. It's just the alarm going off while the offense is like, what? What's what's happening? Do we have any more advance? We do, but I unfortunately cannot play it for you because oh. we are running out of time on oh, this show. Oh, my goodness. There you go. Well, yeah. it's a hard out. That's what it's called. Yeah. It's kind of like this game. I'm looking at it like a hard out. You gotta, you gotta go in there with some desperation and win this game and somehow, some way, find a way to get to three and three, and then run like a banshee. Thanks to Lorenzo Alexander, Eddie Johnson for joining us. Thanks to Aaron Maloney, Jesse Morrison behind the glass for Wolf. I'm Luke. We've got Burns and Gambo coming up next right here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.